Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere the podcast, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier and then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Uh, today's guest, today's guest is Corey Birch. Oh boy, I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. I've wanted to have him on forever and now was the perfect time. Uh, Corey, in addition to being a fantastically talented comedian, is also one of my near dear friends. My oldest friend, in fact. We went to kindergarten together. We've known each other a heck of a long time and it was so nice to get to have this conversation with him. Uh, he runs an amazing show called Good News Toronto, uh, which usually happens at the comedy bar. Um, obviously not at the moment, but hey guys, it's okay. Guess what? I got news for you. I got some good news for you. It's online. You can find it on the comedy bar Twitch page. So you can go to twitch.tv slash comedy bar Toronto and you can watch it away um it's a fantastic show I think it I talk about this uh, kind of incessantly in the episode but it works really well online like if you've been watching these online stand-up shows and they're not really for you you might actually really dig this one like the format just lends itself really well to being recorded uh and I think that it's like one of the best shows streaming right now so please 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 go check out that uh if you want to follow good news toronto on social media so that you can get the deets and when you get to tune into the sweet show uh, you can follow them at good news comedy on instagram um yeah and in the meantime please enjoy this conversation with Corey birch How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you? So good. We start with an honest how are you. So how are you for real? Uh, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. It's been a long time. It has been. Yeah. First, I want to say congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel? Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. uh it's been it's been a long time, so it's uh yeah, it's it's nice to, to Yeah, how in. long have you guys been together? Uh ten years. Wow. I know, yeah, it's crazy. Uh but yeah, uh we just needed some some lightness in this these weird times, like during quarantine yeah. and everything like that. So I was like, okay. Yeah, definitely uh changes the tone of things for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, should we get into your assignment? Sure, yeah. So uh, you chose the category of accomplishing goals. Mm -hmm. uh, so I gave you an assignment that you had to use a habit tracking app uh, yeah. for a week. So there's a lot of these out there. Some of them, like the one that I've used is just for Android. Uh, so I assigned you one that is for Android and iPhone so that uh, I could use it as well. Oh, okay. Um, both experience the same app, but there's lots of them out there. The one that I gave you was Habitica, yeah, uh, which is like, it's an interesting one because they frame it like around, uh, in the style of sort of like an RPG, yeah, kind of thing. Like you you design a character, and then when you uh, accomplish your goals for the day, you get like experience points and stuff like that. So it tries to make it a little more like 
a game add a little bit <laughs> more fun as an incentive. Uh, yeah. So how did you find using this app? Uh, good. Um, it was it was okay. It's like I don't know. It reminded me a lot of like a, a Pokemon Go or <laughs> one of those things. And I I don't know. I get bored of apps pretty easily. But I tried to use it. Uh, and yeah, it just like helped me keep a bit accountable for just. But also quarantine itself has helped me keep accountable for just doing stuff on time. Yeah, you've been finding that. Yeah, yeah, it gives me more of a because typically I'm a, a server as well as uh, in the arts, but uh, that that schedule can be pretty hectic, as I'm sure you're aware. Yep. So, but like just the fact that I haven't been able to to go back to work, I've been like, okay, I'll get up at this time, do this, get these tasks done. That's great. So you yeah. found the the openness in your schedule and the freedom of time has made you more productive? Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> also somewhat I'm like, oh, I got more time to, you know, watch more programs on TV cuz yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sarah and I have caught up on a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the so when I'm sort of trying to like track habits, mm -hmm. uh, I don't usually use the app. What I do is I have, I have a whiteboard. I think I may have mentioned this on a previous episode. Uh -huh. um, I can show you the whiteboard. The listeners will not be able to see it, oh, uh, but let's do it for their enjoyment. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so I have this whiteboard yeah. and then I have this like magnetic basket attached to it where I have uh, a bunch of little pieces of paper that I have very dorkily laminated. They're laminated pieces That's of paper. So <laughs> and they just have a bunch of regular things on them, but they're things that if I do them every day will add to my happiness and health and things like that. So I have things like make your bed, um, yeah. make food as opposed to like ordering takeout. Order. Yeah. Um, write morning pages, read. Nice. Uh, clean, work on something that contributes to comedy, mm -hmm. um, be social, do stretches, exercise, drink water, things like that. And uh, oh, and I also have rest as one of these items because I consider that to be an important thing and something that is in its own way productive and is still, uh, it's supposed to frame rest as a, a good use of time. You're not wasting time by taking some rest time. Uh, so what That's I do great. is uh, instead of keeping like a to-do list, I keep basically mm -hmm. like a have done list on this whiteboard. Yeah. So when I do one of these things, I put it up on the whiteboard with a magnet. Uh, and then I get to look at all of the things that I've done because I find it yeah. to be more satisfying than looking at a list of things that I haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's similar to what you would do with a habit tracking app um, mm -hmm. where you can see visually the things that you've done um, my to-do list, for lack of a better term, would be the things in the basket that haven't been added to the whiteboard yet. Um, and I find having some sort of visual marker of things is helpful for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you found that with the app. Uh, a little bit, yeah, because you can add your own activities and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And so I was able to keep track of that and make sure that every day I would feel bad if I didn't finish the uh, like yeah. the activities and stuff like that. But what kinds yeah. of things did you add in? Because it gives you the option to, in this app, to add in things that you want to do habitually mm -hmm. um, and then things that you want to make sure that you do every day. Uh, and those yeah. are 
few separate categories. So what kinds of things did you add into the app? Uh, I did like uh, work out, do like cardio, like go for a run and stuff like that. Cause that helps like clear my mind too, which is nice. Uh, and then also ooh, I have a, a show coming up. So I had like rehearse and like prepare and like all that stuff to do like pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Just cause it's like, yeah. Your show is so much work. Oh, yes, there's that one as well. (laughs) I admire all the time. The amount of work that goes into producing your show is astounding. Tell listeners about your show. Oh, it's it's called Good News Toronto. Uh, It used to happen at the Comedy Bar Mm -hmm. last Friday of every month. Uh, They have graciously accepted us onto their Twitch channel, so now we're doing it virtually, which has been uh, definitely a learning curve. Because I was never anybody that would stream or do any of that stuff. But uh, so that's been fun. But yeah, it's just like a news parody show. I've got like a a group of uh, writers and and correspondents on it that do segments and that kind of thing. Similar to The Daily Show or uh, Colbert or one of those things like that. Uh, And then also we have guests on to do stand up or or that kind of thing as well. Yeah, one of the unique things about your show is that uh, talking about how much work goes in to producing it you're producing like an entirely new show every time like it's not like something like stand-up or even like a regular sketch troupe where you know you write your thing and then you perform it repeatedly at different shows you're basically writing an entire new show every single month and especially because it works off of like topical material news items and stuff like that Um, it's changing all of the time so every show is something completely different and uh, like people who aren't in comedy might not realize that's an astounding thing that is (laughs) so unbelievably difficult and you've been running the show for years yeah yeah some would say too long (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's been uh seven years of this show so it's been uh it's been quite a while but yeah it's it's fun and um it, like I just have always liked those kind of shows like mm-hmm. the the late night uh, format and those those people that do those shows they do them literally every day yeah so I can only imagine the the stress there <laughs> yeah no kidding I feel like too with moving into doing shows online that I feel like your show would work better in an online format than many other like existing pre-COVID shows. Yes. Yeah. I've been wanting to move it online for a long time, but it's always just been difficult to coordinate and figure out because especially in the space at Comedy Bar, it's tough to to shoot, especially the style of show that I do because there's different like parts of it, like where we're sitting at the desk or we're standing up or the acts and stuff like that. So it's, it'd have to be like a multi-cam setup, which is... Yeah. Not really very, in the budget. <laughs> no, that's a, it's a very expensive thing to produce and difficult in the space. For sure, yeah, because then it would be like fewer audience members, like yeah. significantly fewer, and it's like, okay, well, what's the point of doing the show then? But yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really fun. So uh, going back to being productive in quarantine. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have been finding for myself that the openness of the schedule and the freedom of time has dramatically decreased my productivity (laughs) (laughs) yeah sure yeah that I'm getting much less of the big things done um Mm -hmm. but I I don't know if I try to separate 
categories of goals. I feel like the big goals, mostly comedy related stuff, like mm -hmm. wanting to work on this pilot script and all, all of these things, uh, those things are not getting done, but the little stuff is getting done much more consistently. Yes. Little things like, like making my bed, cooking food yeah. at home instead of ordering out, like all of the things that are in this little basket for my whiteboard. Those things I'm much better at achieving on a daily basis, but I'm much worse than I was before uh, at accomplishing the big things or like career goals. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of been a, a, a toss up with me as well. Um, like I, I am cooking more, like I am literally every time I've tried to cook anything on the stove, the fire alarm goes off. <laughs> That's a testament to my mother because she also, every time she cooks something, the fire alarm would go off. Um, but yeah, uh, I've also been like doing the dishes, doing laundry consistently and stuff like that. Because when you're working and pursuing comedy at the same time, a lot of that stuff goes by the wayside and you're just like, yeah. I'll get to it when I can. Right now I need to sleep or I have a show tonight or what have you. So th that stuff has definitely been, uh, coming more to the forefront and also just spending time, uh, with my significant other, Sarah, she's like, mm. she, cause a lot of times like you know comedy happens at night yeah and stuff like that and she has a, a nine to five job so the time that she's free i'm usually out doing shows or, or producing shows or that kind of thing mm -hmm. so it's been nice to to connect that way that's a nice thing to be grateful for yeah yeah because it's true comedy does kind of eat your life like especially if you're working a full-time job on top of it it's like you're working two full-time jobs yeah. so you're home very little and your schedule is so opposite to most people's that it makes it difficult to spend time with a significant other or even a, like a lot of friends. Yeah. Uh, if you have friends who are working a nine to five job, it's really difficult to find time for them when you're busy, literally evenings and weekends, uh, which is the time that everybody else has free. Yeah. So that is a nice thing that you've been able to spend more time with Sarah. Mm -hmm. I'm missing my people for sure. Yeah. I yeah, like it, it's really it's feeling that. Be away from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really feeling that this week especially. I don't know why this week. It's uh, I think I'm I'm an introvert and it's taken a while for me to <laughs> for my <laughs> social need to increase to the point that I'm like I've been missing my people this whole time, but like I'm especially missing my connections right now. Yeah. 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 It's 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 so weird not to to see all the people in the comedy community as mm -hmm. consistent as they used to and like performing for a live audience is such a such a rush right like that's 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 part of the reason we do it uh and it's just weird to perform i don't know if you've been performing on on zoom or anything like that i have not okay that's maybe the right decision but i've i've done my show a few times and improv shows and stuff like that and it's just weird performing to pretty much silence mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like are did people like this did that joke land i don't know <laughs> yeah i feel like not that's one of the reasons that i haven't been performing on the online shows is it's just too scary to me for too many reasons like yeah it really freaks me out the idea of not being able to hear the laughter yeah yeah it feels like it would just be me and the fear <laughs> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> Me and the fear, name of just, my autobiography. <laughs> just me and the fear. Like, usually I'm nervous before I go on stage. I get on stage, I tell the first joke, and then once I get the first laugh, then I'm able to relax. Yeah. 
um, it was sort of the same thing like back when I was doing theater, you know, like yeah. you're nervous and then you get on stage and as soon as you deliver like your first line, then you're okay yes. and you ease into it. A thousand percent, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I feel don't... like I would just stay nervous the entire time if I <laughs> couldn't hear the audience laughing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember way back in the day in high school when we did productions, mm -hmm. and, like it, it was nerve wracking before, but then as soon as you got out there, you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The place. You and I went to high school together and were in every play. <laughs> That's true. Co-heads of the drama club. <laughs> That's right. Uh, oh. <laughs> the nerds. <laughs> it was funny being the drama people at that school because it was such a niche thing at the high school oh, that we went to. For sure. Yeah, because we weren't like a, a theater school, not even really an art school. We had a good music program. So the mm -hmm. musical theater program, that was thriving. And then it was like... <laughs> yeah, they were doing great. The <laughs> musicals are going on in big theaters. They're sold out. They've got huge sets. Uh, meanwhile, when we were yeah. in grade nine, they had to cancel the play because nobody bought tickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for a semester or two, we were performing like in the cafeteria, like yep. behind the stage with the doors closed because that was yeah. the drama room. That was what a time. <laughs> the nice thing I, uh, is though that I saw Mr. I, I was just going to say the nice thing was though that uh, because there were so few people in the drama program and in the drama club, yeah. you and I got to be leads in every play. <laughs> <laughs> no competition. Uh, which is maybe not great training for anybody that wants to pursue acting no. or comedy because then it's you like oh no no rejection that's for yeah. sure <laughs> certainly not yeah that that made the the first couple auditions terrifying yeah uh i i saw mr nicholson recently our really? old drama teacher. yeah how's he doing he's okay it was it was very random i uh i had a gig out in halifax and um I, I reached out to the improv community because that's just kind of where I, I fell in the, the whole comedy world. Mm -hmm. um, but I reached out in their, on their Facebook, like Halifax Improv Group Online. And I was like, hey, I'm going to be out there. Is there any shows I should check out or whatever? And then people were commenting on it and stuff. Uh, and so the first night I arrived, I just landed, got to the hotel room and then went to uh, an improv show there. And then I like posted about it. I was like, oh, it's so great. And like, while I was there, I always started talking to some performers, like, great job. And they're like, hey, wait, are you the guy from Facebook? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, do you want to play the next half of the set? And I was like, sure, I guess. Uh, and it was very fun. And then I posted about that. And then our old drama teacher saw that I posted on Facebook. And he's like, you're in Halifax? I live here now. And I was like, I had no idea. Oh. That's <laughs> What a small world. Truly. And then he's like, uh can I come see you and I was like okay great and then I was like I have a show tomorrow night as well because these people that I did the show with they're like we're doing another show tomorrow at a different venue and I was like cool 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 uh and then yeah he just showed up to the show and we just like hung out a little bit before the show and he's like okay can we go now and I was like okay great and it was just Shout like a, Mr. Nicholson truly it was such a strange strange like just mind trip I was like oh, okay <laughs> My old I thought that made him feel really good to watch you perform. Maybe it wasn't good improv, and it was maybe it a little matter. bit PG thirteen for him. <laughs> you know okay. him. <laughs> I feel like uh, if if I were a drama teacher, just seeing somebody stick with it 
and continue on in the arts would be really satisfying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if anything, that's maybe what he got. <laughs> yeah. So so strange. <laughs> so what are some things that you're doing to like take good care of yourself uh, mentally right now? Um, right now, I guess uh, as I said before, like trying to consistently like go for runs like outdoors uh, and like just take that in and enjoy the good weather while you can while keeping a social distance from everybody uh and also just again maybe reconnecting with uh with sarah like it's just been so so good to be able to spend so much time <laughs> because we're quarantined together <laughs> uh and yeah like i've also i've also started taking uh, a lot of classes because now i have a bit of time to do mm -hmm. that so i'm doing virtual classes which is oh, nice to great. reconnect with um with people in the, the comedy community so i'm doing some stuff with bad dog and, mm -hmm. and second city as well uh so it's been nice to see some familiar faces even though it's in a weird format like yeah. just this uh but it's it's been really nice to to connect that way are there any areas in the realm of self-care that you've been falling behind on or struggling with at the moment um i don't I don't know. Nah, uh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. I'm just like, I don't know what the right way to do self-care is, perhaps. Uh, mm. I don't know. I just try to be happy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you are probably one of the most positive people that I know. <laughs> I, I try to, to be happy as, as often as I can and, you know, and make other people happy. Mm-hmm. So. I know you do. I would like uh, the list of categories that I send guests to pick from for their assignments. I was looking down the list and I was curious which one you would choose because I feel like a lot of them, uh, uh, from the outside at least, it looks like you're doing really well in. <laughs> so I'm <was> like, <laughs> not really sure <laughs> what area he's going to want. So maybe you didn't get everything you wanted out of this assignment with the app. Um, what are your like what would be your focus right now in terms of like accomplishing goals what's like in your mind when you think about that i uh i've always wanted to further like my professional career just so i can kind of grow up <laughs> as it were because <laughs> i feel like i'm just forever in this like just flux state uh especially like being uh a server as well as a, like in the comedy world because it's like I don't necessarily feel like I'm really uh, doing comedy I mean which is such a such a cop because so many people that are performing at the highest level still have other jobs that they mm -hmm. do and do well and then still kill it at comedy it's it's wild but like for me I'm like I want to I don't know uh, just forward my comedy career because I, I feel like I there's so many doors to choose from, especially because I, I don't know, I, I write, I do sketch and that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I'm like a, a dog just chasing cars. I don't know. <laughs> I completely understand that. And the, the thing about this career too is like, it's so self-guided, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not like a regular job where it's like you start at this company and this is the position you get at the beginning and then you move up to this position and then yeah. here's like all of the steps. It's not like that. It's like, it's so free form and like yeah. you said there's so many doors mm -hmm. right like 
and that you it's I find it very difficult to know where to point my focus yeah given time truly because there's no like you said like corporate ladder or anything like that it's just like an ocean you're like oh yeah which way do I swim are you finding like uh I'm finding that I I have never been self-conscious about like working but like a shitty job and (laughs) and (laughs) to support my comedy uh and doing comedy until like very recently it's not a big thing for me but it's starting to seep in I think like now that I'm in my 30s I am starting to have this kind of like itch to like you said like feel more like a grown-up you know like yeah (laughs) I feel like as comedians we're always kind of one life stage behind everybody else yes yeah truly uh the fact that I'm getting engaged now is 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 good and I'm uh, very happy but like so many I I've been to at least three weddings for the past like seven, eight years. So like so many of my peers are married, engaged, have children, mm-hmm. own houses. And I'm just like, cool, cool, cool. I've got this great show uh, coming up this Friday. If you want to come <laughs> see this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I think I'm never more self-conscious about where I'm at in life than when I'm at a wedding. Not because they're getting married, <laughs> because I'm sitting around people who aren't in comedy. I think (laughs) for us, like, you know, like so much of your social life and so many of your friends are other performers. So they're all kind Mm -hmm. of in the same boat and we're all sort of like on the same level in that way. And then you go to a wedding and you're seated next to a bunch of people who have regular jobs and houses and they're your age. And like, (laughs) it's just this sort of like clicking in of like, oh, right, that's not normal. Yeah. Yeah, truly. It's, it's very, I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Congratulations on the, the promotion and the child and the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. yeah. Very strange. What would be your, like, ultimate goal in comedy? Like, if you uh, could fast forward and have any job in comedy, what would it be? I think that's part of the problem. I don't know what job I'd want. I just would like a a job in in comedy. Yeah, I feel like the just general goal is just to make a living and be able to support yourself with nothing but comedy in whatever capacity that was. Truly, yes. (laughs) And I think it seems to be that like most people, for most people, it's not that they went through one of those doors. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where they find their living. It's that they are going in and out of all of the different doors. And yeah. <laughs> and have collected enough jobs to make an income. Yeah. Especially in Canada. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. There's only so many opportunities here. Yeah. Maybe a fewer number of doors, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> or, a, or just a smaller door. Is that <laughs> A more polite door, I would say, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you most excited for about being married? Ooh. Um, I don't know. The, the whole concept of it is, is nice. Uh, I also think part of it was uh, my parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. I know uh, as well. So it's like, it's, it was a weird thing. Like, I'm like, I always knew that I wanted to get married, but it was like such a, such a tough like thing to be like okay I know it doesn't always work out but I hope it does (laughs) 
so I'm, I'm looking forward to just, yeah, like just committing, like going a hundred degrees. I don't know what the <laughs> Going a hundred degrees? That's not a saying. <laughs> if you say 360, like it. then it's back to the start, which <laughs> yeah. means nothing. But then 180 yeah. is backwards. I don't know. <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm just excited because we've been together so long. So we know that yeah, it's going to like we like each other we love each other uh we've lived together for a, a long time as well so like I, I don't know maybe there's surprises to come <laughs> but but yeah I'm excited for the actual wedding as well mm. it's gonna be a big old party I hope <laughs> yeah I love the idea of just having a big party of all of the people that you love the most mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. a big appeal for a wedding it is true though like the looking at marriage for yourself as somebody who had parents who split up is very different and it does really uh shape the way that you think about marriage i think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but both my parents are very happy now with their their new partners mm -hmm. not new anymore it's like been <laughs> decades but, but yeah so it's it's uh it's definitely something that i can't wait for yeah I'm so excited for you and Sarah's so wonderful and I'm so happy. Yeah. You deserve that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You really do. <laughs> yeah, she's she's very good. Mm. Most people that meet her like her more than me immediately. <laughs> she's wonderful. She she is very charming, to be fair. Yeah. 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 Mm. Oh, Corey, it's so nice to talk to you. You too. I feel like you're one of those people that I uh, I love so much and I don't see very much. Yeah. It, we, like, both are pursuing this comedy thing, but just in, like, slightly different circles. For the yeah. audience at home, I'm making circles that are not connected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. I, I always uh, think of you and miss you because you're just great. Same. Oh, <laughs> oh Corey. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's so interesting how the the industry, the comedy industry in Toronto, like it's not even like we're just in the same country pursuing the same career. Like we're in the same city. Yeah. But <laughs> but I feel like there's all of these different corners of comedy, like stand up, improv, sketch, like storytelling. I would even put yeah. in. And they're all their own thing. Um, and even perform, like, uh, with improv and stand-up in particular, I'm really surprised that the communities are still so separate because we perform in the same venues. Yeah, literally. Like, at Comedy Bar, there's two rooms, yeah. and there'll be a stand-up show going on in one room and an improv show going on in the other. And most of the stand-ups don't know any of these improvisers. <laughs> most of these improvisers don't know any of these stand-ups, even though they're yeah. performing almost next to each other every night. Truly, yeah. It's, it's such a strange, just, like, dichotomy between the two. And I, I try to live in both worlds, especially <laughs> for my show, because I... Because uh, it is such a mixture of the two of them now. Yeah, so I have to, like, have stand-ups on the show. Uh, I used to have improvisers, now it's just all stand-ups, but sometimes people that are in the improv community want to write for the show as well, so... Yeah. Why do you think they're so separate? I don't know. I it's it seems like this just long standing 
beef is that yeah like rivalry between i'm curious to hear because like uh i know what it what like the view of improv is from the stand-up point of view Mm -hmm. but i haven't done enough improv to know what the view of stand-up is from the improv world like stand-up seem to have this weird animosity towards improvisers (laughs) like yeah (laughs) i think no i think it's because um uh, for a lot of stand-up, the stand-ups that I know that hate improv the most, I think it's a resentment of that improvisers seem to be so much happier. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've heard that a lot. They seem to be so much more positive, yeah. um, which I think is definitely, I've found that to be true um, <laughs> from the limited improv experience that I have. It's a lot more like everybody's supporting each other and lifting each other up. Yes. That's part of the nature of that craft. Yeah, truly. It is. A, it's very much so a team sport. Uh, yeah. And like, I don't know, I think uh, on the opposite side, like improvisers, they also view a lot of stand-ups as pretty like standoffish sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like not all for sure, but there's a lot of, like you said, like they, they have a chip on their shoulder perhaps. Yeah. And so the improvisers are kind of like, I don't, why do we, we don't need that energy here. Mm-hmm. But then there's like, there's so many wonderful people in both worlds that, that are so accepting of both styles of comedy. And then there's the weird third stepchild of sketch comedy. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like uh, the real missed opportunity is that both stand-ups and improvisers could learn so much by doing the other. Like when I was taking improv classes, it helped my stand-up so much. Um, but they use totally different parts of your comedy brain. And that was a really difficult thing to adjust to when I tried to do improv. Was that yes. like all of the things that really help you in stand-up will severely get in your way. With yeah, because stand-up is so deliberate mm-hmm. and rehearsed and, and well-planned. For most stand-ups, some stand-ups just yeah. go out there with a general idea and just say, okay, let's talk. But even that, even the idea of like going out with a general idea, you have to let go of that when you're doing improv because yes. you're not alone, right? Yeah. <laughs> like somebody else might make a choice that completely derails the thing that you were planning on getting to. <clears throat> also, the like that to be successful in an improv scene, you have to let go of trying to be funny, um, which is a stand up's whole thing. Yes. <laughs> like stand ups. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, with improv, it very much is just like you have to trust that like you're a funny person. So if you just go mm-hmm. with what is natural and go with your instincts, that it will naturally make the scene funny. Yeah. Uh, whereas maybe it's a thing about with standups then that they lack an, a fundamental ability to trust themselves. <laughs> yeah, that could be. I hard. don't know. I don't know. But like, also with improv, a lot of people that teach it, they say don't worry about being funny. But for me, I don't know, I just, I come from the, like, the comedy point of view. So I'm like, why would I do this? And like, I think that's also why improv gets a bad rap sometimes. Cause like, there's some like purist improvisers that do like, just like free form improv uh, and like organic improv and stuff like that. And they just make like weird noises on stage and then like go into some set and there's no like real, blow line to the scene or anything like that so it's just weird and nebulous so I always try to to make my improv funny (laughs) like I'm like what the heck is the point if I'm not entertaining people like I'm not just gonna go up here and like 
make weird noises mm. and stuff like that. And I, I think yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> I feel like that's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but some people love that and more power to them. Yeah. That's just not my cup of tea, I guess. Not your thing. But I think, I think that's why, like, you always hear, like, it's even written into television shows. People are like, oh, you want to come see my improv show? <laughs> this is yeah. the worst thing ever. But then there's sometimes there's, like, really high caliber improv out there that people just will never see because they think that it's such a nebulous form format and they don't like it. Yeah, I find, like, <clears throat> I've run shows that had both stand-up and improv acts on Truth them. Truth dare. Truth or dare comedy. <laughs> Throwback to 2017 or whenever I ran that show. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, I found the improv acts, it's less reliable, mm -hmm. like, uh, because there are no guarantees, right? Like, you you don't really know what's going to happen. The improvisers yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. So it wasn't as dependable as mm -hmm. stand-up. But when it was good, it was, it blew any stand-up act out of the water. Yeah. I think, was, I think a lot, a yeah, lot of that is just the... Watching them create something out of nothing that's better than anything you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I think like for an audience, like that is such like fired like wow this is incredible absolutely but yeah uh, i think it's also just based uh, with stand-up as well it's just based on who you you book on your shows because there's some mm -hmm. improvisers that are so established and you can always count on them to be just like knocked yeah. out of the park but then like at, on, at on that point in my career when i was uh when i was hosting for the dare comedy i did not have access to such <laughs> <laughs> a few. fair enough yeah i i i uh i like the idea of giving uh, folks uh, a chance and like mm -hmm. it oddly enough I don't know I'm gonna bring up uh, elementary school again but if you recall uh, Mrs. Kerr I remember Mrs. Kerr dear Mrs. Yeah. Kerr and she uh, she had that saying like no matter how many no matter how few there's always room in my game for you yeah and I still uh, kind of carry that with me <laughs> that's beautiful and, yeah well I try to and like so I would give stage time on my show which is on a friday night at comedy bar so it's a kind of a high high quality stage time yeah and i would give stage time to some newer acts and stuff like that and especially with improv sometimes it doesn't go well and sometimes they're nervous sometimes they're like just very new as a troupe or whatever uh and i was getting feedback from people being like they that's not good <laughs> and i was like okay fair 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 so uh, then I had to start vetting uh, my, mm -hmm. my performers a, a bit more, uh, which I totally understand uh, coming from like a business standpoint. But I, I, I do miss having uh, just newer people and giving them that kind of exposure on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, of course you do, because you're a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I love I love stand up. I love improv and and sketch as well. Because I mean, I guess technically my show is primarily sketch. <laughs> That's what I would classify it as. Yeah, it's like it's not quite sketch, but that would be mm -hmm. the closest thing to it. Yeah, yeah. Which is like that's what I've been thinking is the one area of comedy that could be very successful online is sketch because it already is, right? Like Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it is already something that exists in a video platform and you 
don't need as an audience member you don't need to hear the laughter to to find it funny yeah no truly sketch, i don't know why it's something that turns on in our brain when we're watching stand-up um that doesn't exist when we're watching sketch but yeah, yeah different that it, way so that's one of the reasons i think that your show would be so good for being online yeah i'm just thinking how weird it would be to watch like a stand-up special and then just like cut to the audience and just silence just silence yeah imagine how like just like oh what is happening could not deal that with wasn't it. funny yeah could not deal with it yeah um oh what is the name of this show i was watching this show on netflix i may have brought this up in a previous episode but i'm gonna mention this anyway um 100 humans is that what it's called uh perhaps i don't i'm not familiar so there's this show on Netflix where they basically do all of these like social experiments and stuff with this group of a hundred people and they divided the group in half mm-hmm. um, and separately showed them uh, a reel of non-fatal accidents. So basically okay. like the most extreme America's Funniest Home Videos sort of style thing, like accidents that are where nobody died. So Good. there's like, people doing flips off of their bikes and landing on the ground or like attempting a skateboard trick that goes really badly or a bunch of things like that. And for one of the groups, uh, they showed it to them, just the footage. So no, no laughter or anything behind it, just the footage. Mm -hmm. The other half, they added a laugh track. Uh Uh-huh. And the reactions of the crowds watching the exact same material were completely polar opposite. Yeah. The the one with the that got the laugh track, they were laughing along with the video. They were having a great time. And afterwards, uh, there were so there were a couple of these clips in particular that were especially horrific. Yeah. Like uh, especially disturbing clips. And all of the people in the audience of the laugh track group said those were the funniest ones oh good lord <laughs> and they were just like really enjoying it the whole time and the other group the one that didn't get the laugh track they were just stunned to silence through the whole showing and afterwards they said that the exact same ones that the other group had identified <laughs> yeah. as the most funny they were like those were the most disturbing i was so uncomfortable watching those yeah. um, so it really shows <laughs> how it's just uh like a fed in to mm-hmm. our, <laughs> our like, yeah i i think it has a lot to do with like that permission to laugh yeah um i am notoriously like a ridiculous cackler when i laugh especially if something catches me off guard i like just go all in and don't even try to stifle it at all mm-hmm. uh and i think like that kind of laughter in any any setting then people who are more shy or wouldn't be as like keen to laugh they'd be like oh okay we can laugh now yeah i'm a big and generous laugher as well mm-hmm. and both of us have very distinctive laughs too <laughs> both of our laughs are very loud and very distinctive like i can pick out if you're in an audience yes um, and people have <laughs> been the same with me <laughs> i've yeah i've been told that <laughs> from people like on the second city main stage like oh yeah i heard you in the audience like oh yeah, that loud that you could hear me all the way up there. I've been in the audience at shows before, and the crowd laughs, and then I'm like, "Corey Birch is here." Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing, though. Like, 
I, for a number of years, I was really self-conscious about my laugh um, because it's distinctive. And uh, uh, so I felt like it must be annoying then or something like that. Um, but now I just feel like, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. who cares? I like, if anybody who's judging me for like expressing happiness and joy, Mm-hmm. that's got to be more about them than it is about <laughs> the quality of my laugh truly yeah i i think the only like negative reaction i've ever got to a laugh is just like somebody in front of me like going like this and, like just turning around and yep, like, looking i have like, had the turn around but it's like i don't care like yeah. whatever <laughs> you know what's funny is like i always what i always go back to with the laughter is to go back to high school again mrs weber oh yeah where Ms. Weaver had the most distinctive laugh. <laughs> yeah. A, like a very, very distinctive laugh. Very loud, very heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember grade 10, it would have been. We were doing a mm, Beth. Were you in that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> in high school, they had us do so many Shakespeare parodies. Yes. I think it was just like uh, they had to pay licensing for plays that they were going to use and they, <laughs> they could yeah. afford the licensing for these comedy parodies of uh, Shakespearean tragedies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're doing the play Mm Beth yeah. and Ms. Weaver was directing it and she would laugh so hard at every joke in rehearsals, which yeah. like when you're doing theater, like even if you're doing a comedy um, you kind of start to forget which parts are funny because you've done it so many times through rehearsals that yeah. you don't yeah, yeah. really even register what is a joke. And I remember the feeling of hearing her laughter having such an effect on us as actors that hearing yeah. that laughter reminded us that this was funny and it like gave us this new surge of energy. And then when we were actually performing it in front of an actual audience, you could still pick out Ms. Weaver's laugh because it was so distinctive <laughs> and it was such a source yeah. of comfort. So I feel like, uh, I, yeah, I try to remember Ms. Weaver all the time whenever I'm thinking about that, like, laughter. I wonder how yeah. Ms. Weaver's doing. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen or heard from her in a while. I know that she does seek out comedy in Toronto, or she did before really? all this. Yeah, she was, like, telling me how she used to go to Bad Dog a lot and, like, see, like, improv there and stuff. Oh, I should I should reconnect with her. She was one of my, I would say, like, most influential teachers. Yeah, she was so great. And, like you said, like, so generous, not only with her last, but, like, the feedback and stuff like that. And you could tell that she really cared. There's a lot of teachers that didn't want to be there. And that was very... It's funny looking back at, at your teachers and being like, oh... This person is a failed businessman, and yeah. now <laughs> being a teacher was his backup, and he's taking that out on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is such a dramatic difference um, from teacher to teacher of like people who clearly this is their passion and they really care, and they're there for the love of teaching, and yeah, yeah. Other people who are not as not as enthusiastic about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was uh, your most influential teacher? Uh, 
that's tough. It's hard. There's yeah, there's there's so many good ones that were there. There was like yeah, Weaver, Mr. Nicholson, uh, even like Mr. DeGravio. <laughs> we're just naming these teachers. Nobody will know who they are, <laughs> but they were all I, fantastic. Well, uh, give us something about these teachers for the sake of the listeners. <laughs> Instead of just making, like, saying these names that could very well be made up, uh, they sound very made up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. They, they all just kind of gave me the, the confidence and the, the want to pursue uh, happiness, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, Mr. Gravio, the class that I took with him, he's an English teacher, but he did, like, fantasy and sci-fi. And I was like, oh, this is a cool genre. I haven't really kept up with it as much, but it's like, oh, this guy's very passionate about this. That's amazing. And like, yeah, Miss Weaver and Mr. Nicholson were very passionate about drama. And uh, that's definitely something that like led me into yeah. this, this field. I mean, even going back to like elementary school with like Miss Hunter, <laughs> and she was like the English slash drama slash homeroom teacher for a bunch yeah. of people. But like, yeah, the drama activities we did with her were so much fun. And like, I was like, oh, this is, this is how you have fun. <laughs> I put her on my list for sure. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. totally. She was like, she was also a teacher who would push you. Like, mm-hmm. um, if it, like, there were a few assignments where uh, in English, English was always my best subject. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I was pretty average and things like math or like science oh me too. but but I was really really good in English and uh so she would when we had like individual uh books assigned to us and stuff like she would give me really challenging books I remember being given David Copperfield oh yeah I remember in that. grade eight <laughs> yeah which <laughs> might have even heavy. been a, a little out of my depth um yeah. but I appreciated that she was like no take it on like give this a shot um yeah, yeah I think about that all the time I think it really is just a matter of like how much you care um which is true in like most jobs I would think like not just teaching but in most professions it's like how much do you care and how much do you really want to help and be of service to other people yes yeah a thousand percent mm-hmm. <laughs> even like going to like serving or whatever if you have a manager that doesn't care I mean, I'm sure it applies to all fields, but that's just what I have experience with. If they don't care, then like things can fall apart real, real easy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, The example that I go back to of teachers who cared, uh, do you remember Mrs. Robinson? Oh yeah. Yeah. I go back to Mrs. Robinson all the time. Mrs. Robinson was a teacher who uh, a lot of students didn't like her because she, she did she didn't take any crap yeah. like <laughs> she was <laughs> she was kind of strict mm-hmm. um and then uh i i was in her homeroom class in grade eight yeah me too she was the the science teacher and and things for for other people in other homeroom classes so everybody got to be in her class at some point but yeah i remember that uh there was a day where she was teaching us, we were learning about supply and demand. That's what it was. Uh, Maybe you'll remember this day. So 
uh, we're talking about supply and demand, and she brought out this, uh, she handed out uh, fake money to everybody. Everybody had to reach into this box and grab at random two pieces, colored pieces of paper, and the different colors had different values. Uh, so it was like randomized that everybody got a different amount of money. And uh, she brought out this big box of donuts. And she assigned a price to the donuts. And she was like, okay, who wants to buy a donut? And people bought their donuts with their fake money. And then she would adjust the price based on how many donuts were left. Um, and then I remember it being this big surprise that like after the donuts sold out, she brought out another gigantic tray of donuts. Um, so she had, she bought like, I think, like 90 donuts <laughs> for <laughs> for this class of like 28 yeah. 30 people she had bought like with her own money 90 donuts and i remember that just being one of these moments where it's like wow she like so did not have to do that <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how she went broke <laughs> yeah, right? well i also remember finding out that like um i could be misremembering some of this information but I believe her husband was like, if not the head, like very high up in the comedy network. Oh, I believe, I know that he worked for television for sure. I think yeah. it was comedy network, yeah. Um, so it was also like <clears throat> a thing where her husband made enough money that like she could have retired by that point, like hmm. probably years before. So it was very clear that she had kept teaching because she just really loved teaching. Yeah, and wanted to give children donuts. And wanted to give <laughs> children donuts, which I really appreciated. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't know why we've gone on this big teacher tangent. This is the second teacher tangent that I've gone on in uh, the last like five episodes. So <laughs> I guess it's, <laughs> it's on, my, on my mind. Teacher tangent. I think it's because I've been thinking a lot about motivation. I think mm. that's why. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to like relearn skills that I should have made more of an effort to learn back <laughs> then, like work habits and things. Yes, certainly. Mm -hmm. To tie it back to accomplishing goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Full circle. Yeah. yeah. Well, we end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. Oh, boy. You are, look you angry. <laughs> are you generally good at taking compliments? What's your relationship with compliments? Uh, usually not. I like to deflect a lot, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to get better. <laughs> well, you're not allowed to deflect this one. Um, okay. No arguing against it. No deflecting. Uh, no making a self-deprecating joke in response. That's what Deal? I would usually do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Oh, Corey, uh, you are my oldest friend. I have known I'm you so old. for 25 years. Yeah. That is a long time to be somebody's friend at this relatively young age. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's a, reason, <laughs> there's a reason that you've been my friend for that long. Um, you're such a good guy, and you always have been. You have a very kind heart. I don't think I've ever heard you say one bad word about anyone ever uh you approach everyone with such a genuine interest in getting to know them um and such a genuine kindness like you're like a safe space of a person you know um you're so approachable and you just have such a good heart you've also like you're better than i think anyone 
that I've ever known at maintaining connections over time. Like whenever I run into anybody from our elementary school or our high school, you know, ask like, oh, are you still in touch with anybody from school? And everybody's list is, it varies, but usually it's between like three to five people um, that they're still in touch with. And you're on everyone's list. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're the person who every, everyone is still in touch with. And I feel like uh, that's because you make an effort. Like, even, I notice it even um, on social media. Like, even, because uh, it's difficult to maintain all of like connection with every single person that you've ever come in contact with um but you're very good at at least making an effort in like uh your happy birthday messages on facebook to people they're very genuine heartfelt like it's not just a happy birthday you know like you'll you take the time to actually like think about the person and post something thoughtful um yeah i just think that uh you're such a sweet warm wonderful person i'm so happy that you have Sarah and that you guys are going to be married and be a good-hearted couple together because she mirrors that like she's also uh, such a warm and lovely person and uh, I feel like you two are going to have a very happy life together. Thanks Tracy you're you're just a glowing light of joy <laughs> which is your middle name. <laughs> joy is my middle name. <laughs> I knew that. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you so much. And I, I love uh, all the success that you've gotten and will continue to get. And like, it's so great to, like you said, like, have one of my oldest friends in the same field and just absolutely killing it and doing so well. And you are equally such a nice person and nobody ever has anything bad to say about you. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been lovely to reconnect. Oh, so nice to talk to you today. Thank you for being on this. Yeah, thank you for having me, truly. And uh, listeners, go be nice to yourself, maybe eat some donuts, and remember that love is everywhere. <laughs>